up uh, basically in my hometown. I'm a West Sider, so uh, always happy to have those Cleveland roots chill a little bit. That's great. You wasted no time getting into that. I was going to touch on that at some point, but <laughs> I guess we can go there right off the hop. Uh, that was a tough football game to watch the other night, was it not? Well, I didn't know you were going to start there. Uh, <laughs> 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 we're from Cleveland. We still have hope. Welcome back, one and all, to the Monsters Eye View podcast. It's episode number six. Uh, we're proudly presented by Prop Swap, of course. More on them in a moment. But alongside Nicole Del Villano, I'm Tony Brown. Uh, Nicole, geez, just when you thought uh, things were back to normal, well, not quite. In the American Hockey League, in the NHL, really, in all of pro sports right now, you know, you blink and, and all of a sudden the Monsters have had seven of their last eight games postponed due to COVID-19 considerations affecting the opposition, affecting the Monsters. And I don't know, usually off the top of the show we talk about what's going on on the ice uh there's not much to talk about right now we're just hoping everybody is getting healthy getting uh getting back to you know able to be in the room and able to play uh, it just feels like we've moved backwards in time a little bit here yeah it's definitely uh pretty reminiscent of last year but luckily it seems like we're trying to take some right steps between us and the nhl they're both looking to try to improve on what we've learned you know we talked a little bit with our guest about it later that unfortunately we've all learned some lessons from last year and now that they're coming back we're trying to make sure that we use a lot of the uh, resources in the right way there yeah for sure hopefully we've all learned a lot of lessons about what works here one of those things that works is vaccinations so everybody listening out there on the monsters i view podcast please uh, you know, make sure you're vaccinated, boosted, doing all of those things that uh, we all need to do to make sure that these games can go on and that everyone can stay safe and healthy. And uh, in addition to that, just bear with us here because uh, it's been a real interruption to the season. On the 17th of December was the last game, rather, that the Monsters played. And here we are on the, uh, we're recording this on the 29th. Who knows when Cleveland's going to be back in action. So uh, we appreciate all the fans hanging in there with us. And we also appreciate our great presenting partners at PropSwap. It's America's number one app to buy and sell sports. Thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app. Nicole, our guest today is sensational. Jeff Svoboda is the Jackets insider. He writes uh, all kinds of awesome uh, Blue Jackets content on the Monsters NHL Affiliates website and a great follow on Twitter too, at Jackets Insider. But this was a fun conversation. It really was. It's definitely a different piece of the organization that, you know, everyone sees his tweets, reads the articles, but don't really understand maybe sometimes exactly what goes into all of those and what his job is exactly. So it was pretty fun to sort of even break that down with him. I know we interact with him a lot, but that's definitely uh, maybe one of the longer conversations I've gotten to actually sit down and relax and have with him type thing. What I like too is uh, we think of the affiliation between the Monsters and the Blue Jackets in a very sort of one-way mode sometimes in Cleveland. Like we think about how the Monsters support what the Blue Jackets are doing on the ice, but it was interesting to talk talk about that affiliation from the other perspective too, because uh, it takes the NHL and AHL team working together to have success. So I thought it was cool to hear Jeff talk about, you know, Cleveland from the Columbus point of view. Pretty cool. I want to remind you guys one more time before we take a break and come back with Jeff Svoboda that if you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Sellers across America list their sports bets for sale on PropSwap and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average PropSwapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. 
PropSwap, go to PropSwap.com and download the free PropSwap app. With that, Nicole, let's take a quick break. On the other side, we'll come back with Jeff Svoboda, our guest on uh, Episode 6 of the Monsters I View podcast. He's the Jackets Insider for BlueJackets.com. Great conversation coming up, so we'll take a break. Up next, Jeff Svoboda on the Monsters I View podcast presented by PropSwap. Welcome back, everyone, to episode number six, I believe, of the Monsters I View podcast presented by our friends at PropSwap. Alongside Nicole DelVolano, Tony Brown here. Very happy to be joined today by Jeff Svoboda. He's the Jackets Insider for the Columbus Blue Jackets website. Jeff, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Always good to check in. Just seeing what the next few days, hours, minutes are going to look like, Jeff. Um, if you could give us a little state of the Blue Jackets right now as they deal with their own COVID-19 issues and, uh, co- of course, the Monsters are in the same boat there. It's really just kind of a nebulous time right now where we're all not sure if games are going to be played, not sure if practices are going to be held. Uh, what's it like up there at that level in, in that regard? Yeah, it's very similar to what's going on, I assume, down uh, with you guys. Is that We uh, you know, came back uh, on Sunday, the 26th, the day after Christmas, to start practicing. And the good news is, uh, as we talk, the Blue Jackets have been able to get two practices in both Sunday and Monday. Games have been canceled. We were, you know, we were supposed to play the Leafs tonight. Uh, that game was postponed before the holiday. Uh, we're supposed to play in Chicago on the night of the 28th, which would be tomorrow night. Uh, that game also postponed. The holiday added in to this whole thing kind of makes it a little bit difficult. But yeah, so two games of this week that were postponed for the Blue Jackets. Uh, but the good news is they've gotten back to practice. Uh, it seems as though between some good news on the COVID front. Got a couple guys back today to be back out there. Oliver Bjorkstrand, who Monsters fans remember quite fondly, went on the COVID list, but you know, if three come off and one goes on, that's kind of a win uh, at this point. And so that, that was good news for the Jackets today. And it seems like barring something, you know, really negative happening between the taxi squads and the roster rules that have been kind of changed a little bit. And the fact that some guys are coming back to practice, it looks like uh, they're very well maybe hockey in nationwide arena on Thursday night. So fingers crossed, toes crossed and all that jazz, but uh, it does seem like we're hopefully getting to a point where there's going to be some hockey here again uh, in the near future. Well, that would be the hope for sure, because the monsters uh, of course are in a similar situation. They've had the majority of their recent games postponed here. And and you mentioned you're, you're right on the segways today, Jeff, you mentioned uh, the taxi squad. And I wanted to ask you about that. Obviously that affects life at the American league level a little bit more than it does life at the NHL level. Taxi squads are great for the NHL clubs to have players, you know, available to them at any time, but it, it sort of hampers things as we saw with the monsters in the entirety of the AHL last year. How do those taxi squad guys kind of fit in up there at the next level? It seems like they're in their own little uh, purgatory there. Yeah, it was something we did see for a lot of last year where there were guys who probably would have been playing a lot of AHL minutes who ended up on the taxi squad and really just not playing a ton. You know, Gabriel Carlson was one of those guys who was on the taxi squad a lot of the season and really didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to play. Uh, Adam Clendenning, a guy that you know played some really, really good minutes for the monsters was in the same boat. Uh, The thing that I I seem to have noticed so far, uh, and we're only a day into it, so this could certainly change. Uh, And maybe if the Blue Jackets go on some road trips, uh, you'll see more guys on it. But, you know, we've only uh, seen the Jackets add two guys so far, and they can't add up to six. And so uh, Josh Dunn and Tyler Sakura being called up uh, on Monday to join, and they practiced uh, today with the Blue Jackets. The Jackets had eight defensemen today. So, you know, they don't really see a need to bring up a defenseman and just have them sitting around really kind of doing nothing. And, and they called up two forwards because that's where the need is. And so wouldn't surprise me, and I think the hope is that as we go along here, uh, you, you only call up really the, the backup that you think you might need and not just have four to six guys, because it had to be four to six guys last year. Uh, maybe not just have four to six guys kind of sitting around not playing this year. So uh, at least that's kind of my early sense of, of the way the Jackets are going to do it. 
is call up guys that you, you, you may only feel like you need in, in a worst case scenario, uh, especially in, in their home. Now the next three games would be at home. So if you do have a couple guys go on a list on a, even on a game day, you could get those guys in from Cleveland uh, pretty quickly. Right. So hopefully that's where you don't end up with too many of those guys kind of in that purgatory, as you mentioned, you don't handicap the monsters too much, but you're able to cover yourself in the situations that you do need players. So uh, there's a little bit more flexibility this year is really what it comes down to. And I think both for Columbus and for the players and for the monsters, really everybody kind of wins in that regard that you, you ideally will not have guys sitting there doing nothing for a while. And I think there's also a 20 day stipulation. Guys can only spend 20 consecutive days on that taxi squad. So there's not going to be a situation where a guy gets called up and just sits there for a month and a half. Ideally it'll work out pretty much uh, better than it did last year. But uh, at the end of the day, as we've learned over the last week and year and months and whatever time frame you want to pick forecasting, what's going to happen tomorrow is pretty difficult. Uh, but ideally that's the way things will work out uh, in this relationship. Yeah. So, you know, you touched on it a little, you mentioned um, the guys practicing and everything, and it's a learning process that it seems like you're explaining. We're all learning very well here, but what do you think those guys are benefiting up there right now? Like I know Josh Dunn was, uh, got a chance to go up and Tyler's here is up there who hasn't um, gotten a chance to do that yet. And I know they're sometimes sitting around, but they still get to practice with a team. So how do you see that sort of helping those guys? I think anytime you can get out there and skate with an NHL team and go through an NHL practice, it probably does help. The biggest difference between AHL practices and AHL skill and things like that to the NHL, especially in a practice situation. But you know, you're going up, you're seeing the guys who are at the highest level. Uh, you're getting out on the ice with them. You're, you're getting the coaching from NHL coaches. And so I think that probably is a good thing. And, and I don't exactly know the monster situation, but with the postponements, uh, if, if you guys are even practicing right now, so that probably uh, helps a little bit, you know, if, if that, if there's a situation where the monsters can't practice, uh, those guys that are up on the, uh, the taxi squad are at least able to get out and, and get some work in, you know, it's a chance to maybe catch some eyes too. If Josh Dunn is, has worked on some things in his game through the first half of the season, and can show that to Brad Larson, show that to the coaching staff in his time up there. Uh, that can do nothing to help him. Um, same thing for Tyler Sakura. And I think it'd be really cool if, if Tyler were able to play an NHL game. He's had yes. such a, a long career at the pro level where he's gutted it out. I remember I was working in Toledo when he was with the walleye. You know, obviously you don't root for guys to go on the COVID list, but if it were to come to a state where Tyler had to play, um, I'd be curious to see how he did because he's worked himself into quite a pro and, and has done obviously a lot for the Monsters over the last two years. So, uh, you know, it's just a chance to be up there and, and may, you know, maybe your name gets called. Brad Larson talked a lot on Sunday when guys, the guys came back that, you know, if we're missing five or six guys, it's opportunity. Guys will have the chance to go in the lineup and guys who, you know, maybe had always said, well, if I just get that opportunity, it's now my, you know, my chance to shine. Uh, you know, those guys could certainly be in that boat. Things work out that way. It's not taxi squad, but you guys are seeing Terrace sophomore. I know he came up on an emergency recall earlier this week. So what has that been uh, for you getting to see him on the ice, but also you get to interact with the guys off the ice a bit to get to meet them. I think the most fun has just been getting to know him off the ice. Uh, you know, he comes in and uh, first of all, shows up basically a couple hours before his first NHL starts yeah. down in Dallas um, and just goes out there and plays a really good game uh, and then comes into the post game and uh, the team had actually set up a Russian translator for him and he just started answering questions in English and we were all just like you know really impressed by his ability to, to, to do that and his personality and just the way that things kind of roll off his back he, he's funny he's, he's got a really good personable uh, way about him it's been cool to see that part of him and also I mean you saw him in the preseason and thought I mean this kid can play there's no doubt about the fact that he's got NHL skill he's got NHL size uh, there's no that one really stands out there's not a whole lot of net to shoot at when he's on the ice. The goalie position is a position where the more reps you get uh, and the more experience you get, the better you're going to get. And so there's still things he has to learn, but it's been great. Really. I think that, that he's gotten the chance to show that he's an NHL level goalie, prove to himself that he can play in NHL games. Uh, and as he gains more experience, uh, the chance for him to be a full-time NHLer uh, is right there now. So 
So it, it's been kind of a win-win as far as that goes, is get, getting him that experience and getting him up here with the, the big club. You know, it's funny you say that because um, last year when he was first playing, we had him come in, fans will not know this, but we had him come in for an interview post-game and we were unsure uh, how his la- uh, language skills would be. And all of a sudden him and another player came into the room. It was actually Kivy Matisse Kivlenix came in to be the translator for him. So I remember when he was called up there, uh, I think someone asked how we thought he would be. And I was like, the only experience we had, he brought someone in on his own to translate. So yeah, I got a chance to talk with him um, after practice actually for a different thing. And he seems like he's really adjusting well in all aspects, both on and off the ice. So it's nice to see that. We're talking here with Jeff Svoboda, Columbus Blue Jackets insider. Jeff, we certainly have, have no shortage of topics when we're talking about the affiliation to go over here. But I did want to circle back just to the fact that the Monsters and Blue Jackets extended their affiliation uh, over, I guess, a multi-year affiliation is, is what they've termed it. We know that it's been a highly successful cooperation between these two organizations now for seven seasons and see that go on. But I'm just wondering, we, we know so much about the conversation that takes place regarding the affiliation on the Cleveland end of the pipeline, but there's some things you hear from players, coaches, executives, whoever's uh, uh, you're speaking with throughout the course of your duties with the Jackets, and, and what's their feedback on, on what Cleveland means to Columbus and what the Monsters mean to the Blue Jackets? Yeah, I think it's a great symbiotic relationship. Uh, and, and it starts with, you mentioned coaches and executive and players and stuff like that, but I think it starts with the fans. Having these teams so close to one another and having uh, these players be so accessible in, in two different spots is a real boon for both the Blue Jackets franchise, I think, and the Monsters. And, you know, I've got family up there that are Monster season tickets and go to games and, you know, they see players playing for Cleveland that then come down to Columbus and they're asking me, like, you know, over the years, it was like, you know, how's Josh Anderson doing? How's Oliver Bjorkstrand doing? Things like that. And I think it really just grows the fan base and, and allows there to be kind of that synergy between, you know, these two cities that are, are pretty similar in a lot of ways and, and have a lot of uh, connections, I think. And me in particular, I love it because, like I say, I grew up going to games up there uh, back in the day when it was the uh, the Lumberjacks. And so I have a lot of fun memories of going to games up there. So it's great for me. But, you know, certainly from the coach and, and the affiliation standpoint, you know, teams that were the AHL teams of the Blue Jackets were in Syracuse or Springfield or, you know, places that were a flight. And anytime you can just hop on uh, I-71 and be at the game in two hours, it really does help a lot from just, you know, the logistical standpoint. And I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, in this, these COVID situations where if there's a couple guys on a day of a game that go out, you know, you don't have to look very far to get these guys here. You know, it's it's a phone call and they're stopping in Strongsville getting the gear and they're on I-71. So it really does work out really well. Obviously, it's a great facility up there uh, with the field house. As far as AHL buildings go, it's certainly one of the best of them. So that helps as well. You know, you've got everything you need up in Cleveland, really. So it's a great setup and everybody enjoys it. And the success, I think, has, has helped as well from the Calder Cup championship to just the things that Cleveland's been able to do over the last couple of years. You know, looking back at two seasons ago when Mike Eves came in and they really kind of standardized the way things were run between the two coaching staffs. And that was the year that the Jackets just had injury after injury after injury. And, you know, there were some nights where they were dressing nine or 10 guys who probably should have been playing in Cleveland if everyone was healthy. And they were winning games at the NHL level. So that spoke to the synergy between the organizations as well. And I think that does nothing but help, you know, both of these franchises, both of these organizations, but the growth of, of hockey in the state of Ohio as well. So, you know, part of what you said there was expanding the fan base too, which is something that you uh, will write the prospect reports, which I know um, is easy to link us in, but I just am always amazed by you are keeping track of like every Columbus prospect. What is that part of your job? Like just keeping an eye on not only the team you're working for and covering, but so many other players at the same time. It certainly is interesting and it's easier in some places than others. Obviously when the guys are up in Cleveland, you know, you've got AHL stats that are pretty easy to follow at the end of the day. And guys that are in the KHL, even that's not that difficult because that's, you know, a very good league and they've got websites and things like that. But sometimes these guys end up in places that you just have, it's really difficult to follow along at the end of the day. But it is interesting 
interesting. It's not the biggest pool in the world, so it's manageable. You know, there's probably about 20 guys I've, I've had to probably keep an eye on this year that are that are younger, that are not quite in the professional level or the monsters level yet, um, which isn't terrible. So you just kind of check in and, and see how they're doing and, and things like that. So, but it's fun because it's the future of the organization. You know, Ken Johnson, first round pick last year, probably be playing for the Blue Jackets, you know, once the season at the University of Michigan is over. Some guys and juniors that could very well be playing for the Blue Jackets in a couple of years and, and very well could be playing for the monsters uh, in a year or two as well. So that to me is, is what makes it so interesting and so fun is because it, it's a little bit like, you know, we're sitting here in, in one of the great college football hotbeds of America uh, in Columbus. And so many people here follow Ohio State football and Ohio State football recruiting and talk about the guys that are the future of, of the franchise and the future of the team. The same way with hockey, you know, the, the jackets draft these guys and you can follow along and have a pretty good sense of, you know, by the time Kent Johnson gets here, people are going to know who he is. And same with these guys in Cleveland. If you can follow along with, with Liam Foody and Jake Christensen, uh, when they come up and, and you know, just you throw some examples out there, Tarasov, they come up and, and make their debuts. You have a sense of who these guys are. And so uh, I, I think, again, it's, it's a synergy, but it also uh, helps just kind of know, know what's coming down the road and, it, and it's fun to follow. Everybody likes to, to think about what's going to happen next in, in this world, it seems like. So uh, there's always that tie into it as well. Talking here with Jackets insider Jess Foboda on the uh, Monsters Eye View podcast presented by our friends at Prop Swap uh, with Nicole Delvolano on Tony Brown. All right, we're going to get to the shootout segment here in a second, Jeff, but I uh, ha- have to ask you before we get there about our old buddy, uh, Steve McCarthy, who uh, of course was with the Monsters for many seasons uh, as a player and then as an assistant coach, and now he's up assisting on Brad Larson's staff. Uh, what's it been like to get to know Stevie Mack, one of the really uh, great guys in hockey? Yeah, you pretty much said it. Uh, one of the great guys in hockey, and, and just any chance you get a, uh, an opportunity to talk with him, pick his brain, whether it be about hockey or just talk about other things. Uh, you know, he's always willing to chat, always willing to, to give you some of that knowledge, and always willing to talk about things away from the rink as well. So I think he's been a pretty good fit. And he's got an interesting job this year just because the Blue Jackets defensively are so young. Uh, I, I was doing the math recently. Uh, I think of the of the six or seven guys they were playing, only two of them have played more than 100 NHL games at this point. Uh, and that's Zach Wierenski wow. and Vladislav Gavrikov. So there's there's a lot of youth there, you know, and there are names that, that you guys are familiar with up in Cleveland, the, the Gavin Bayreuthers of the world and Gabriel Carlson and, and some of those names, even guys that you feel like have been around for a while are still really learning the ropes at, at the NHL level, still getting that experience at the NHL level. Andrew Peake is one of them, you know, a very highly touted draft pick has not played a ton of NHL games up to this point and, and certainly spent some time down there in Cleveland as well. So Max really bringing along a really young crew. Uh, I think the, the thing that helps him the most is he has those relationships that he's had, you know, even playing with Zach Wierenski back in Cleveland, uh, the, the one year that Z was with the team uh, that called her cup year. He's got those great relationships with the guys. I think that really allows him to teach and, and help bring those guys along. And they talk about, you know, the, the guys talk about how much they love the way that he kind of gets them to play. And, and really you know, he, he's a coach that doesn't want you to worry about what you're not good at. He wants you to just play into your strengths. And so I think that's really freed up guys to play their best. Uh, I think that is, has been a really good addition to the Columbus coaching staff so far. And I, I can ask you, how's Marco Testu doing? <laughs> Testy's great. He was the, uh, he was the inaugural guest on the Monsters I View podcast. So set the bar awfully high. No, he's been awesome. Uh, of course, familiar with him from when he played for the Monsters there in 1819, but it's been really fun to watch the entire coaching staff, to be honest with you, sort of navigate what's been a bit of a weird situation. Coach Eves has dealt with a couple of health issues. So Testy in his first year as an assistant coach is right up there with Trent Vogelhuber, who's in this sort of interim role. So it's been an interesting mix, but but Testy, uh, it's been great to have him around, as you know, uh, certainly uh, a great quote and, and certainly a great <laughs> great presence in the room. Absolutely. One of the good guys. Something you said stood right out to me, which Tony's going to know this question is coming, but part <laughs> of your job outside of writing articles is you get to keep a lot of interesting stats, like what you were saying about how young they are and how many games some of the guys have played. I know uh, I saw what on the 20th when your game was postponed, you just listed all, all, 
all the stats that you had looked up that you were able to share that night. So I'm very interested in all that stuff. Outside of writing, like what else does your job entail that people may not realize? Oh, I think that's probably part of it, the stats part. And I've just always loved stats since I was a kid. Uh, I have a somewhat mathematically inclined brain and a decent memory. So I, I tend to, you know, just think of these things every once in a while and then put in the time to look them up and you never know what you're going to find. So, you know, that's part of it. Our PR department does a lot of good stuff with the stats as well. You know, our powers combined, I think we do a pretty good job of coming up with some of these. And I, I'd say the biggest part of my job that I didn't necessarily expect uh, going in, but has just kind of grown over the years is the social media part of it. And, and I think that anytime you're a writer that's trying to connect a team to a fan base and, or really any subject matter to what you want, the people you want to deliver it to, Social media can be such a huge part of that and really making it accessible. So when I came in and, and took over the, the Jackets Insider Twitter account, I wanted to have fun with it and I wanted to really make it into a thing, but I've been kind of blown away by just, you know, how many people I have followed along, you know, how many people stop me at games and say, hey, I love, your, love you on Twitter. Um, the, the friends I've made through it and the relationships and just some of the fun we get to have is really cool and it's really neat. And so I didn't really anticipate that was going to be the case, but I think it's a really important part of the job because at the end of the day, the Blue Jackets are, are a hockey team, but it's a big organization. And anytime you can put faces on it, whether it be the players, people really tend to fall in love with the team when they can associate with the personalities, whether it be Jody Shelley, Elvis Merzlikens, Patrick Laine, some of the guys that have personalities, things like that. I think that really draws people in. And so I try to be an accessible face to the franchise and, and try to interact with people and, and try to you know be like a front porch, I guess, a little bit to the organization. And I think it's it's gone well. I mean, I, I sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but it really has been fun. And some of the relationships I've built and things I've been able to do and, and some of the fun we've had has is, is really been neat. Uh, and I've really enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. Should we transition over to the signature segment here? Yeah, we can get the shootout going here. Do you feel like you're ready, Jeff? I have no idea what's about <laughs> to happen, so of course I'm ready. All right, well, we will start off with uh, an easy one first round of the shootout. What is favorite part about traveling with the team for you? I think it's the cool cities we get to go to. I mean, there's some that aren't that great, but at the end of the day, it's the NHL. You're going to New York City. You're going to Miami. You're going to Tampa. You're going to LA. You're going to Vancouver. You're going to Montreal. Some of the real great cities in North America, getting the chance to explore them is a really unique thing that I, I've loved since I've started. And it's something I really want to be able to keep doing as we go forward. The second round here, a little bit harder. Who would be a dream person or player for you to interview? Ooh, this is a good question. I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to think of some of the guys in the league that are interesting and entertaining. Um, and I feel there's like an answer on the tip of my tongue and I'm just I'm just struggling with it. I'm trying to think of the guys around the league that, that show some personality because, you know, we're lucky we have a bunch of guys that, that show some really good personality. Wine A, for example, uh, Merzlikens, uh, Jake Voracek's a, a great quote. Um, I love Ali uh, in some of those guys, but, you know, there's some guys you look around the league and just go, man, if only we had somebody like that here, it would be great. Um, just to add to the, the whole group would be really fun. And I, I'm trying to think of guys like off the top of my head that stick out and, you know, a guy like Pasternak would be awesome because he seems to, you know, we've seen the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. He's, he's pretty funny in those. He wears some interesting suits. You know, th th that would be fun. Uh, so there's maybe not somebody that I, I would want to talk to once, but I'd rather have the, the the quantity over quality. And it's the guys that have the, the really good personalities and aren't afraid to show them are the ones that you really enjoy because as you build out that rapport, you just never know what where those conversations are going to go. And so that would be my answer. I'm really, I'm failing at this one. I absolutely am. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying my best here. No, when, when we don't know an answer to a question in Cleveland, we just say, 
Jock calendar. That's <laughs> Jock's the best person. And then, yeah. Jock is the best. Like I said, I was there the night that they put his number up on the rafters with the the, the, the record point total. I was there. So I, you know, like I say, I go, I go back here with the lumberjacks. Man, back to Gund Arena. Love it. All right, Nicole. Round three, last one. We'll give you a second to sort of think of this one too, because I'm really putting you on the spot with this one. But, you know, you talked about getting to know a lot of the guys' personalities and getting to know them off the ice. So what is a unique thing that like you've learned about a guy that just stands out to you? It's just one of those top of mind things that you can pull out. Man, this is one of the, if you'd sent me these in advance, I would have had such a better. <laughs> we got to put uh, you on the spot. It's the shootout. Just pretend like you're skating around before you get to the goal a little bit. We'll give you some time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a guy, something that stands out about a guy you wouldn't know. Um, that's a good, I will tell this story. Um, the, the funniest conversation I've had all year was with Vladislav Gavrikov. And the thing about Vladdy is that if you look at him, I mean, he's a giant Russian man, physical defenseman. Uh, you'd think he is just terrifying. And he is the funniest guy on the team, probably. I mean, his one-liners and dry sense of humor is just incredible. And there was a scoreboard skit where they asked him what his favorite, uh, his second best sport was going into the season. And his answer was beer pong. And we're like, are you like, what are you, are you serious? And so one day we got him in an interview and I just started asking him about beer pong. And he started telling all these great stories about like, um, you know, he, there was like a team party. He was playing beer pong with Matisse Kivlenix and they were beating everybody on the team and stuff like that. And they started talking about different ways you can play. And I'm just like, you know, like, did they have beer pong back in Yaroslav, Russia? Or is this something you just picked up when you moved to Columbus, Ohio? But he was so funny. And I'll just always remember any conversation you can have with Vladdy about beer pong is uh, is great. There's probably some other ones that come to mind that maybe would be better. But anytime you can tell a Vladislav Gavrikov story, uh, that's probably the direction to go. Well, regardless of background, beer pong really is the international language. Isn't it? I mean, that very well might be. I can't. Uh, I, forget, I cannot I argue that. Hey, Jeff, not bad. Shootout, Nicole. How do you think he did? Pressure well? was on you, and you did really well. Let me tell you, I like those answers. I think that was a great. Yeah, segment. awesome. Yeah, we got to the beer pong. So that's. I mean, <laughs> that has not happened yet or since on the podcast. But uh, seriously, though, Jeff, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us. It's Jeff Svoboda, Jackets Insider. You can read it all about everything you could possibly imagine, jackets wise, uh, on BlueJackets.com. And of course, on your Twitter account, which is hugely entertaining, at Jackets Inside. That's Jeff Swoboda. Can't thank you enough. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Well, great stuff there from Jeff Spoboda. We really appreciate his time. Uh, back alongside Nicole Del Volano, Tony Brown here with you on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. Plenty to wrap up there on our conversation with Jeff. But want to remind you guys again that if you're not using PropSwap, well, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Sellers across America list their sports bets for sale on PropSwap and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes 500 bucks a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Go to PropSwap.com, download the free PropSwap app. Nicole, I might have to do just that after the holiday season here. An extra 500 bucks a month buying and selling yeah. sports bets. That sounds pretty good. Right? Sounds pretty nice to me. I could use it. Uh, talk about uh, Jeff Svoboda. That was really fun to catch up with him. Wide-ranging conversation. Lots of good stuff there. Even got to 
sneak in a little uh, Steve McCarthy talk. So that was good. I know. I forget how much I miss Mac now since he's been up there, but it was nice to get a little update on how he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, before we, uh, you know, say so long here, we do want to remind you guys that on episode seven of the Monsters Eye View podcast, if you've enjoyed the guests up to this point, we got something really special for you here, especially for the hardcore longtime monster fans that have been with the team for years and years. Uh, Nicole, who do we have coming up on episode seven? I'm pretty excited about this. We have Doug Plagans coming up, which I have to tell you, I am very interested to get to talk to him a little. I feel like I hear so many stories and I just, I'm ready to sort of meet the man behind the stories. So I'm ready to talk to him. And and, uh, this is going to be great. It'll probably be the longest conversation I've ever had with Doug too. So I'm excited. Uh, Doug Plagans, of course, if anyone out there listening doesn't know, was my predecessor as the voice of the monsters. He's been uh, the last seven seasons down with the NHL's Florida Panthers doing an outstanding job, but monster fans loved him. He was with the team for five seasons. And of course, a lot of the staff in the front office uh, uh, knows him very well too. So like you said, we've got a lot of stories and topics we can touch on with Doug. We want to remind all our listeners out there, uh, feel free to just drop us an email. If you have a question for Doug that you want us to ask him on uh, episode seven of the podcast, please shoot us an email at uh, monsterscommunications at clevelandmonsters.com. Send us your question and uh, we will get that to Doug in episode number seven of the Monsters I View podcast. We've had this thing where we joke in the office. You know, I've never actually met Doug before, but since my first day, it was like sort of like a Seinfeld Newman sort of thing. Like he's your biggest rival from what I I'm aware. Yeah, exactly. Like we had some rivalry that just doesn't exist. So I look forward to, uh, uh, you know, bringing that back up next week. And of course, Ben Adams, who was on the show last time around, uh, I think he invited himself onto this episode just to talk to his old buddy, Doug. He did, but I, he was made it sound like we may get some interesting stories out of the two of them catching up. So we welcome him coming onto the show. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's on the next episode of the Monsters Eye View podcast, but that'll do it for this episode of the Monsters Eye View podcast. By the way, Nicole, I forgot to mention, how was your holiday? Oh, it was very nice. It was very small and safe, but it was uh, nice to get to see my family, my sister, my niece, and my nephew. So always good to see the little ones on Christmas. How about you? Oh, it was great. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, for us, we just hung around with, uh, with the in-laws here in Cleveland, but it was a lot of fun to see all those guys too. And, uh, Boy, it's just amazing to think that here we are already, uh, you know, in terms of the way we think of the regular season, where uh, as you're through the holiday break, feels like halfway home already, which is crazy. Think how quickly time has passed. But happy holidays to all of you guys out there uh, listening. And I uh, want to remind you guys, please, if you like the show, subscribe and uh, listen. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for another great edition of the Monsters I View podcast. Thanks to Jeff Spoboda, Jackets Insider. Follow him on Twitter at Jackets Insider. They're great CBJ content. We appreciate him taking the time this week to talk to us. And thanks to you, Nicole, for another great show. Yes, thank you too. Can't wait for next week. That's Nicole Del Villano. I'm Tony Brown. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap.